Hello, and welcome to Lady Fingers. The gayest podcast about Great British Bake Off in the known universe, and that's saying something. Oh. Hey, baby, you free this weekend? Ooh, you I've got a gluten it. allergy <laughs> that needs attention. My tummy's hurting because I had eggs. <laughs> My mom has realized that we're doing another season of this show, so now she is texting me all of the things that she finds interesting when she watches the episode. <laughs> and today it was like, I can't wait to hear what you have to say about Paul as the Hulk painted oh, all green. Goodness. I mean, I feel like my theory that every intro is just somebody's really specific fetish that they managed to get through, <laughs> and like, I'm right. I, that's yeah. just what it was. Yeah. It also was a little triggering to me because yeah. my senior year in college, I went to our Halloween dance as Sexy Shrek. Really cute costume, like had like a like a tank top, white tank top that was like cut off. Well, see, this is you the have thing, to post this to Twitter that the so that we can body see. Body paint that I got from the the store from Target was like a very uh -huh. dark green. And so oh, it ended no. up looking like I did blackface, especially in the dark oh, no. of the like club. Like it looked like I was painted. Seeing Paul in that beautiful bright shade of green, I was like, if only I had fucking invested in some decent body paint. Oh God, unintentional blackface. That's like an Always Sunny in Philadelphia episode. I was very sad and angry that Freya was not here because yep. Jürgen got to be here for German week, but yep. uh, my girl Freya was nowhere to be seen yep. on a suspicious elimination several weeks ago, but we don't need to talk about that. Yeah. Or we just did. Also, Jig's coming in with a different pair of equally sexy glasses. That man gets hotter and hotter every single episode. He really? knows exactly what he is doing. I think maybe he was like, okay, if I get past halfway, that's when I'm really going to turn on the sex appeal. And I did notice the chain this time. Yes, the chain was present. And he was also in Shaggy from Scooby-Doo Colors, mm -hmm. which I think was like a really interesting take on the character. It was a, an excellent cosplay. Well, our first challenge was a dairy-free ice cream sandwich so making dairy-free ice cream as well as dairy-free bits to sandwich your ice cream in i love an ice cream sandwich that's like a top five dessert mm -hmm. for me i mean dairy-free ice cream people are so ready to hate on it but it's always really good i think all their ice creams look like super creamy and beautiful and silky the one that speaks to me the most like flavor wise probably lizzie's like i love a dark chocolate with like a vanilla together like just especially for an ice cream sandwich that's like those are the iconic flavors you know i thought it was just elevated enough from the classic chocolate and vanilla yes. like to have the almond yeah. milk maybe a little almond flavor in there and then yeah the dark chocolate yeah it's really nice and little bits of almond brittle like just enough i thought they turned out really cute the judges did not love lizzie's which makes me sad they said that they were too big and it's like and it's an ice cream sandwich. I was very confused by that that was somehow a damning comment. Like, the flavor was good. The biscuits turned out yeah. well. This whole episode, they were trying to, like, both justify this mm -hmm. decision, which was kind of questionable, mm -hmm. but then also give Lizzie this amazing moment at the same yeah. time. 
Christelle got very high marks for her tahini and miso. She seems to really like tahini and miso flavors. I think she likes a lot of sesame, something a little bit more Mm -hmm. mature and like Mm -hmm. subtle. Yeah, it sounded really good. And I love these like little tiny, something like miso is like small enough and niche enough that it's like, oh yes, classic Christelle using miso every once in a while in, in concert with different things. It's her little signature. And they, they looked really good. They looked very, like, clean and beautiful. She did a great job. Chiggs did a mango lime coconut ice cream with pistachio white chocolate cookies, correct? They had some little crisscross squiggles mm-hmm. on top. Um, and I think it was dedicated to his mom, who really likes tropical yeah. flavors. The one issue they had with his is that the mango didn't come through enough. Prue recommended using just like canned mango pulp instead of the fresh mango just to get that. They looked really good. Maybe the flavors weren't quite enough, but still adequate and tasty. Giuseppe did like a ginger and orange thing. I I like ginger. I like oranges. Jurgen, he had these macaron cookie tops, which were pistachio and banana. Mm-hmm. With stem ginger in it, which was a similar one of these Jurgen flavor gambles that like this yeah. one really paid off for him. They really seemed to like it. Despite the fact that he didn't let his macarons rest and so there wasn't any skin. Cardinal sin of macaron making. I have never tried to make one, but he's only fumbled a couple times, but that man that man can make some some good baked yeah. treats. Yeah. Oh, and I did find um the comment they made about Lizzie. Paul said um that it's just messy, which is normal for you. It's a little rude. rude. Yeah. But I mean the central conflict of the episode was like are we accepting yeah. Lizzie for who she is or trying yeah. to make her change? And the answer they came up with is both and also neither. Yeah, they're really trying to have their cake and eat it yeah. too here. They want to send her home and they want to build up this narrative about finesse. And also she's achieved so much and she's a champion. How about we dive in to the technical challenge which was to make eight identical vegan sausage rolls uh, with rough puff pastry and a caramelized onion chutney the drama of the chutney i'm a fan of vegan sausage rolls because they're tasty and they are kind of at least veggie sausage rolls are found pretty commonly here in ireland it was a good challenge i think it was a really hard one too the pastry and all the precision and all these tiny little elements like that's really tough I think when they opened up the recipe, they all just kind of went, oh shit, and had to go for it. The challenge shook out with Christelle in fifth place, including this very, like, tense, charged moment where Paul, like, makes her come over and taste the the spicy sauce, and she tries to play it off like it was nothing, and then she, like, chokes right away yeah. on it. The cardinal sin of cutting your chili and then including the seeds of the chili you have to be so careful about the seeds. That's where all of the, the mm-hmm. juice is packed. And uh, especially when you're cooking for Brits, you want just the, the barest yeah. shadow of a spice. Paul's pretty Paul's pretty weak on the spicy. He, he I feel like there have definitely been times before where he like can't handle it even when it's at like a normal level. Like but this seemed like way above and beyond. Jurgen ended up in fourth. Which was surprising. He had just these like rough pastries they fell out of the oven and he had to put them all back yeah in. <laughs> i mean we saw we saw jurgen struggle this episode quite a bit especially in the first two challenges yeah. and luckily with the first one it seemed like he got off pretty okay um but this one was a stumble for him 
narrative building is like weirdly important for these challenges and like lizzie has been assigned this narrative that she's like lacking in finesse and it's like not precise enough which goes to her detriment when she makes something that's too big or she you know the sparkles aren't perfectly placed but then Jurgen has this thing about being this like super precise whiz kid that sticks around even when he messes up the macarons and he drops stuff and it it doesn't look that great you know like that doesn't that doesn't stick to him yeah then we had lizzie come in at a very solid third right middle of the pack not in the bottom no major notes nothing that people below her didn't also get giuseppe in second place and chigs in first an interesting technical a fun one to watch because there was just so many things that went wrong for different people in different ways everything had a little something wrong nobody did it right. quite perfectly and they yeah. kind of like that yeah makes it more yeah. exciting Do you have a fun food fact for me? I do. So I mentioned a few episodes about how I ran a marathon and I bonked. Yes. And so I wanted to dig in a little bit about like marathon nutrition because when you run 42 kilometers or 26.2 miles, your body is like doing a lot and the relationship that your body has to energy and food is really interesting as I've learned, as I've been like, what went wrong with my body? Yeah. Essentially, like the average runner will burn around 100 calories per mile, around 2,100 calories that you burn during a marathon. So already more than a full day's regular upkeep. So you basically need to like double your intake of calories that day. So that's why, you know, people talk about having a huge... Uh, spaghetti dinner the night before and like eating a bunch before your Mm -hmm. marathon is that you want to store up all of this energy in your body the way your body burns energy while it's running is through glycogen and it's stored in two places there is muscle glycogen which is stored in your muscles and that Mm. is built up over a long time and and stays in your body for a long time And then you have liver glycogens, and that is built up more quickly and is also used more quickly. And so you eat before, the days before, to build up your muscle glycogen, and then you have the goos, the little, like, Mm -hmm. pudding-y packs, or bananas is what I had at my run, um, or other things, like people have little apricots or whatever little snack you are eating while you're running to add some extra to top off your stores which is just i you know it's weird to think of eating while running because you're pushing your body so yeah. much you actually have to like be shoving calories into yourself to keep going it's like a train and you just have to keep shoveling that's really what your in. body is doing it's like burning everything it's got in it and so you just like really have to like keep shoving things into your body so you can digest it um and so when you bonk which is what happened to me there are two ways you can bonk one Mm. is a body bonk where your muscles run out of juice 
and are like too stressed out. Is that like the lactic acid stuff? Right, and lactic like acid buildup and things like that, and also reduction of muscle glycogen. Mm-hmm. But then there's the other thing, which is what happened to me, which is a mental mm. bonk. So your brain bonk. So <gasps> like when I was running, my muscles felt fine. I was a little sore in my hamstrings, but like, and it was just my brain was telling me, you need to stop running. You need to stop. And that happens when your liver glycogen is running low because your brain only uses glycogen from your liver. Oh, because it's, it's not, not a muscle. muscle. Yeah. You need to be eating on the run to refuel that. But then also your muscle glycogen doesn't break down when you sleep because your muscles aren't moving, but your brain is still using energy mm-hmm. while you sleep. And so your liver glycogen in the morning is depleted. And so you have to have mm. a, a substantial breakfast to kind of like kickstart mm. that and top off what you've used up over the night. And because you're so smart, your brain was working overtime. Of course, of course. (laughs) Like I just had a little smoothie before, like a little yogurt smoothie Mm. before running. So I think that's what hit me. Like I was still replenishing, but it wasn't enough. Next time you do a run, do a full English right before the run. Oh yeah, oh yeah. When we think about food, we think about it as fueling our body. But when you put yourself in this intense space where your body is just like working so hard for so long food is a completely different animal and like the way that you eat food the diet culture that we've had kind of come and go over the years that's like so Mm -hmm. calorie focused like has this really specific and incomplete explanation of how food works of you eat a thing and then you get a number of points and it like burns off those points but like no there's like long-term points and short-term points and you're like really balancing all these different chemical levels that's the fun food fact amazing that was a really interesting scientific discussion the body you gotta keep your balance on your ball into the gap it's a challenge but i manage because i'm cautious with the strap do damage to your cabbage that i thought they cannot pass see why you don't want no so then we have their meeting you know they're sizing everyone up they're like who's in the top who's in the bottom and prue is like she really just she just doesn't have finesse and it makes me want to strangle her and Matt says, you must stop killing people. <laughs> I believe it. I buy it. We didn't know what Prue's up to. Was oh, yeah. the scenes. What was the weapon you assigned her? She would coordinate a drone strike from a secure See? location. She 100% yeah. would. Yeah. I think she probably has a drone targeted on <laughs> Michael Chakrabarty's house in case he tweets something wrong. In case he yeah. steps out of line. She has yeah. it ready to go. So yeah, going into this final challenge, which was a gluten-free two-tier cake. A celebration cake. Everyone was mixed up. Everyone has done well at something. Everyone has done bad at something. Except Giuseppe, which we will see. Yeah, we will. Considering that the first rounds went pretty well, I think that like this is one of those things where the technical matters. But that's not even true, because 
I can't even like the mental math to make Lizzie go home this episode is just such yeah. a stretch. So Yeah, I mean it's a big, <laughs> big two tier cake. We have so many people doing so many different things. Yeah. I really enjoyed watching it. I would have eaten any one of these. They all looked good in their own way. Mostly. Mostly. Let's let's talk about the worst of them. Let's talk about Giuseppe's Black Forest. Missed the mark on this one. It just didn't look pretty. Like it looked yeah. pretty messy. Yeah. The like piping that he had done. Like when he was putting on the mirror glaze. It looked rough, yeah. and I don't think he intended for it yeah. to look even yeah. because he was going to ice the side. But then mm-hmm. he, the way he mm-hmm. had decided to ice the side was not good. And it was just kind of a random little sprinkling of stuff on top. You know, he threw some stuff on the top of it. There was this shot of him, of him like placing the the Kirsch cherries very precisely to be like we don't want too much kirsch and then when they had it they were like you get a cherry every once in a while but not in every bite so that kind of bit him in the butt sabotaging him it's the curse of the black forest i don't think many people do well yeah our enemy once again it is interesting that like both giuseppe and jurgen didn't have a great episode and chiggs had a really good one you know i think christelle's barely holding on but it'll be an interesting semi and final because i think there are openings there Mm -hmm. are vulnerabilities it's not Mm -hmm, set in stone mm -hmm. yeah we also saw an attempt at versatility from giuseppe as well trying a trying a classic flavor but from northern europe Just a little, just a little hike yep. up over the uh, house. And it did not go well. Should have stuck to fucking almonds and apricots, <laughs> Giuseppe. Let's talk about Christelle's. It was her grandma's dress, but it was a big pink frilly corset and a giant dress that dripped down the whole cake. Yeah. And it's like, does your grandma wear that? And it's like, no. And it's like, oh, then what is this dress? Who, I, dress yeah, this? it was, you know, a little homage, I think, like a dress that she would have loved yeah. to wear or something. I thought it was cute. I love, I just, every time Christelle says the word grandma, grandpa, a sister, I just, she has She's this so power wholesome. over me with her familial love. And it was walnut and cardamom with rice flour and then use jaggery to sweeten it so essentially it's like a very unrefined sugar so that's why it's got that Mm, like it's like a raw sugar mm -hmm, kind of deal more uh earthy kind of taste to it Mm -hmm. oh natural and you know another another nod to her grandma's cooking i liked it and i thought Mm -hmm. it was good i don't think it was spectacular i was whelmed by it i think like i think all of the elements like went together pretty well but like you step back and look at the whole thing. There, it's like a little cookie frosting type thing that you stand up on a small tier and then a big tier and then a bunch of frosting mm-hmm. on it. That is very reductive. And I know that there's a lot of work that went into it, but I don't. Yeah, I think whelmed is a good way to put it. Not underwhelmed, not overwhelmed, just whelmed. We had Jurgen being a wife guy again. We have a lot of wife guys this season and I love it. Wife guys and soy boys is the name of this episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, making a triple chocolate gluten-free cake with three tiers with apricot yeah. i think the white it was white chocolate and apricot was the top layer or something like that his wife's favorite uh flavors i liked mm-hmm. the look of it i thought it was like very traditional yeah cake you know like if you had a cartoon of a cake or something like that like that's what it would look like yeah i don't know they liked it they liked it quite a bit so We'll give it to him. Good for Jurgen. Good for Jurgen's wife. Let's talk about Chiggs. A gluten-free red velvet. And I thought the decorations were really pretty. I thought it mm-hmm. looked really cool. Yes, I agree. The chocolate collar that he made was very nice. 
and I liked that it went up it above the cake. I just hate red velvet. We were talking about this today. It's like, just make a chocolate cake. Yeah. Why does it have to be red? Whenever anybody says they love red velvet cake, what they're actually saying is they like cream cheese mm-hmm. frosting, which is true. I love cream cheese frosting. It's one of my favorite frostings, but it just feels disingenuous to give all the credit to the To a cake, to cake. that's colored all, all the time with food coloring. Yeah, it's just laced in food coloring and there's a little bit of chocolate yeah. in there. But, I mean, they liked it. I, I my know. personal preference, our personal preferences aside, it yeah. looked stellar. It probably tasted great for a red velvet cake. <laughs> so good for him. Yeah. It just, it was masterful. It looked so pretty and it was very well put together. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we've got to talk about our girl Lizzie. I was... I was tearing up at the whole thing. It was so cool and it was so special. Yeah. I mean, they came up to her station in the beginning and they were talking to her and Prue was like, are we going to see finesse? And Lizzie's response was, it's going to be all me, no finesse, which I appreciate. Like this is Lizzie taking, taking the bar that they've set for her and saying, you know, just knocking it down and saying no. Just throwing it away. I don't I don't ascribe to your rules. I know I'm a good baker and I bake in my own way. This cake represented that on so many levels. On so many tiers, it if so you did. will. Oh, it was so good. Like it's the decoration with little rice paper representing her dyslexia and dyspraxia and ADHD was really cool and unique and like vulnerable. It had something to say. It was symbolic. Like you'll I don't know. I feel like when we look back at the season, like five years from now, we're gonna. I I'll remember all of them because like they're all very special and precious to my heart. But I will remember this yeah. cake. Like this will be one of the first things that I remember about the mm-hmm. season mm-hmm. was this amazing. I don't know, just like this triumph of her showing off what she can do. It had finesse in its own way, and that it was a complete concept. It was like she saw it through. And the effect of all of the frosting together was so striking and so well mm-hmm. done. Yeah. I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. And and beyond the decoration, I thought the inside of it looked good. It was a, I think it was a spice cake yeah. with uh, pineapple. It was, yeah, I think it was like a spice cake with pineapple jam and then um, lime mm-hmm. in the frosting. Yeah. Um, which we have another pineapple Lizzie bake. This is an, this is like, you know, with Christelle and the miso, we have uh, Lizzie just sneaking yeah. in pineapple in these various places, which I like to see. And yeah, they liked it. They said the only comment on the taste that could have been a critique is that you need the frosting, which yeah. of course you do. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess maybe if you got a bite of the inside, you would want to dip it in the frosting to have that lime balance. But um they gave a couple comments about her flavors. I think like the pineapple was too much in one direction and maybe it wasn't quite enough lime in the other, but they mm-hmm. liked it. I mean, much better than the Black Forest. Yeah, much better than the Black Forest. I Crystals at least. I would say so. 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 Interesting. Interesting. Yes, because we haven't said it yet, but Lizzie is eliminated at the end of this episode. And as you can hear, we're both very upset about it. Yeah, I mean, my dear personal friend Lizzie, as soon as I heard, I reached out to her and we chatted on the phone for hours and hours. How would you have judged this episode if you were there? We've taken out Paul and Prue. They're incapacitated. What are we going to do? That's the thing. Like, the question is, who would go home instead? 
right? Because I agree Chiggs won mm-hmm. that round. Mm-hmm. He deserved to go on. It's either Giuseppe or Christelle. I think Jurgen did adequately enough across the board that he could get through. I think both Giuseppe and Christelle had like failures enough that there was something to go off of. Like, I don't know, fifth in the technical. My impulse was like, get rid of Jurgen. I don't know. Just because, like... <laughs> really? Why Jurgen? Well, he did not so good in the technical, and he struggled in the first one. And his final yeah. bait came across well, but it didn't... I don't know. It didn't really, like, strike me as amazing. But I, I yeah. guess, you know, yeah. again, we're not tasting these things, so we don't exactly know. But I think, ultimately, this is an episode where no one should have gone home. Because it was so up yeah, and down. exactly. And it's not unprecedented for Bake Off to save someone. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely happened before. And then do a double elimination next round. Like, you know, it'll be hard. It'll be hard to say goodbye to two people at once, but it's fair. Yeah. We get it. Yeah. Well, and then even if it's the if it's the semifinal and you're eliminating two people, then it's not even so much like who's getting eliminated. It's like who are the top three? There are three people yeah. going through and everybody yeah. else goes home. It's so hard to gel this moment of Lizzie putting on this amazing cake and this like really, I don't know, special thing where she gets to express herself and then getting told mm-hmm. to go home. I, it just doesn't make sense to me. It just felt like some editing magic. Like, was there something that we weren't seeing or what? They really go back and forth when it's convenient on them about how much the other rounds right. play into effect how much the other episodes play mm-hmm. into effect well and we see i don't know i see paul is really gunning for the the boys like for yeah, giuseppe seriously. and jurgen at every step of the game seriously. and so i wonder like how much his bias plays into like oh well we can't you know giuseppe's untouchable when they were judging all of a sudden like Giuseppe's out of the running and it's like yeah he's good at this but yeah it's not fair he, he stunk up the showstopper which in other episodes has been like okay you're going home your yeah. showstopper sucks it's, it's the biggest thing goodbye yeah. anyway uh we're bothered Jigs won and Lizzie went home yes and there's nothing we can do about it <laughs> happy for Jigs though Cole Stephenson, are you into eating? You know, I've been experimenting with it, and I think I can say definitively now, yes, I am. Um, what are you eating this week? So I would say probably the star of my week culinarily would be the pumpkin cheesecake monkey bread that I put together for a small gathering of friends I had yesterday. 
I will admit freely to the listeners, I let you down a little bit, and I'm sorry. I did not make my dough from scratch. I did use Pillberry Grand rounds, and basically the recipe is pretty simple. You cut those up into quarters. Uh, You toss them in sugar and pumpkin pie spices, which is just like cinnamon, nutmeg, clove, all that good stuff. Uh, Put that in a pan, and then on the side, you have brown sugar, butter, pumpkin puree, and cream cheese. You melt all that down into this beautiful, amazing, oopy-gloopy sauce, pour it over the top, throw it in the oven for, like, 40 minutes, and it is it was just, like... I mean, first off, it makes your whole house smell mm-hmm. like fall, and then it's just so tasty, and it's, like, pumpkin-y, and it's, it, it is the por- it's the perfect yeah. fall treat. Sounds very tasty. Highly this week on Friday... I did this thing I do with my roommates every once in a while, which is taco night. It's really nice. And we found this little Mexican market in Dublin, which is very special. So I bet I bet a lot of those ingredients are hard to find. It's really nice to to be like, okay, I need nopales and quilacoche and they have it, which is so good. I was able to find masa in Dublin is the great thing. And so I That's amazing. recruit all the roommates and we all press out the little dough balls. And Oh, how special. When you cook them, do you, you don't like fry them up in oil necessarily, just like over like a hot pan or something, right? You should have a cast iron. We don't. So we're, we're slowly ruining one of our pans, our nonsticks. Well, I have a cast iron, so I think yeah. I know what I'm going to do this yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's so good. That sounds amazing. And it's fun because you do it with friends. Like, it's fun to have one person rolling the balls, one person pressing them out, one person putting mm-hmm. them on the stove. It's a cute time. That was the episode. Um, I'm mad yeah. and I'm sad. I didn't necessarily want to see anybody yeah. go home, but I really don't understand why Lizzie was the sacrificial lamb. Yep. We will be making an episode less next week. Don't worry. We will get over our grief. All right. Have a great week, everyone. Have a good week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Ladyfingers podcast. This episode and the music therein was edited by me and included songs by Tom Howe, Disclosure, Sylvan Esso, and Janelle Monet. Our cover art is by the effervescent Alessandra Ragusa. You can find Cole on Twitter and TikTok at Cole Stephenson, and I'm on Twitter at Yay Purple Cheese. Have a great week!